Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road over in Hackettstown, New Jersey. And as you already know, you are listening to possibly the world's only show that is dedicated to the machinery and those that are that feed clothe and fuel the world i always stumble over that order i don't know why but you are the farmers of north america the united states and canada and i want to thank you so much for getting get getting together with me here every saturday at 11 a.m eastern with a re-air and encore of the same episode sunday at 6 p.m and i am heard exclusively on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147, which I am so proud to be on. But the following week after it premieres on Rural Radio, every episode is listed as a podcast at farmmachinerydigest.com or any or all major podcast hosting sites, right? We never say all because it's going to say that bad is not one that you're listed on. But if you go to my website or the major posting podcast sites, you will find Farm Machinery Digest Radio there. And I want to uh, I want to thank all of you that do listen as a podcast because believe it or not, this show now, as of the other day, as a podcast, is listened to in 60 countries around the world. My Idle Chatter podcast which has more history to it, is in listened to in 99 countries. But it sounds like I'm bragging, but I am not. But this show, Farm Machinery Digest Radio, is catching up to idle chatter, which I could not be happier about. But I also wanted to uh, tell you, well, I'm going to tell you what today's episode is about before we, I get into some other things. That, um, you know, if you look at tier four diesel engines and the promo I did for this show, I said no one likes tier four diesel. No one likes tier four emission control systems. The only ones that like them are the people making money off of them, right? But the fact of the matter is, you you put up with it, and if it and and for the most part, they are not problematic. Um, but if you do have an issue, oftentimes it's frustrating. But for the most part, they're not problematic. But uh, you, you would have been just as happy if your new truck or your new combine or your new tractor or sprayer didn't have tier four, right? So I'm with you because in engineering, we say kiss, keep it simple, stupid. So in a, it's politically correct world. I can't say stupid. So um, I don't know, keep it simple or with, with the kiss, K-I-S. We'll drop the one S off. But anyway, so if you look at different d- tier four diesel engines you could have a, a a combine from one brand or you could have a combine and a skid steer from the same brand when you have a pickup truck or you uh, and the thing is that it, when you really look at the tier four you can't just put a blanket over and say it's tier four it is tier four but what does that mean that's what we're going to discuss and why do some diesel engines have different emission control strategies on them so in the engineering world is strategy right and and others do not why do some have a uh a, a diesel particulate filter and others don't why do some have an e-jar valve and others don't so that is what we're going to go over today so you could make sense of this so when you look at it that you you say you understand why it is a little bit different but it's all under the guise of tier four and don't make the mistake of thinking tier four is tier four so that is what we will discuss but before we do that i want to tell you about a new uh, i'll call it a series 
in the show. It's not going to be every week. It's going to be when the opportunity arises. But I'm going to be calling it. I'm going to call it. Ask the person that owns one. So I'm going to be asking you to reach out to me at Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com and let me know about the different equipment that you have. I'm going to put a caveat on it. If it's a a, a truck, a, a road vehicle it could be a semi, it could be a pickup truck, a van. A, a car that you have in your farm uh it cannot be more than three years old because i don't want somebody saying to me, i got a 62 ford and i don't want that right because the most of our audience is production agriculture and if it's a piece of farm equipment i would say five to six years old or newer and what this is about is a, is a, the next level in a transfer of knowledge but it doesn't just have to be a vehicle it could be a center pivot it could be a grain bin dryer it could be uh an, an auger system it could be a robotic milker in your dairy barn it could be a chiller what i want to do is bring an unbiased uh information to the audience from people who own a certain piece of equipment so it's not going to be meant for you to moan and groan about it you're going to tell the truth the good the bad and the ugly so that the whole farm machinery digest radio audience can learn about that piece of equipment what you like about it what you don't like about it and as i say is that it's going to be the real the real real deal not going to be something phony it's not going to be sponsored by a company where you only have good people people who love it they don't tell you the people just like people say i got the best doctor in the world right then my uncle used to say you got the best doctor in the world you think because you got better what about all the people who didn't get better or died they don't think he's so good so please uh, reach out to me at hot rod farmer i'm going to start to put this together I have some people I'm already talking to, and I want it to be eclectic. Anything, it could be a skid steer, as I said, a center pivot. It could be a, a backup generator. It could be a pickup truck. It could be a semi. It could be a combiner sprayer. But I will re- you reach out to me. I will open up a dialogue with you, and then you will be on Farm Machinery Digest Radio, and you will I will give you the entire show. So the entire half hour will be dedicated to, to you telling the audience about your experience with that piece of equipment. So listen, hold Pat during the short break and never forget, agriculture runs on machinery, but what, 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 I can't hear you. Profits on reliability. Sirius XM has a channel dedicated to artists who had one big pop hit. And that was it. R&B, country, dance, rock, pop, new wave, novelty, and more 24-7. From the 70s to the last decade, hear a collection of hits that started and ended careers in three minutes. Wonderland, the one-hit wonder channel, exclusively on the SXM app. If you're a farmer or rancher, chances are you've thought about joining Kansas Farm Bureau. So what's stopping you? Your membership means you have a seat at the table when it comes to the issues that affect your farm. Things like trade, taxes, water, and regulations. The state's largest farm advocacy organization brings your message to policy decision makers at the county, state, and national level. The Voice of Agriculture becomes your voice and fights for Kansas farmers and ranchers. And a Kansas Farm Bureau membership includes other benefits. For about $50 a year, you'll receive discounts on equipment and supplies, cell phone plans, financial and legal support, home and office supplies, and more. 
You'll also receive Kansas Living, a quarterly lifestyle magazine featuring real stories of farmers and producers around the state, plus great recipes, crafts, and things to see and do in Kansas. Join us today. Visit kfb.org slash farmer rancher to learn more. American farmers and ranchers know that weather can have a big influence on the markets. That's why our weather team at RFD-TV is committed to bringing you accurate agricultural-based forecasts that affects our lands and livestock from coast to coast. You named RFD-TV the most accurate and trusted source for commodities information as it happens, and we can help you prepare ahead for major storms and weather-related events. Join us every morning on the Market Day Report, weekdays starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 Central, right here on RFD-TV. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax. And so we're going to discuss tier four emission strategies. Now, it gets to be confusing because you could look at a certain brand of diesel engine. So I don't care whether it's in a truck or a semi, whether it's in a road vehicle, a pickup truck, whether it's on a farm tractor, what have you. It could be on a, you could have a, um, a loader, a big construction type loader on your operation to feed dairy cows i know a number of my listeners do have that and when you look at it and you say okay it's a tier four system what does that really mean because you could say well tier four for brand a has this host of equip of different emission control devices on it uh piece of equipment b has almost all those and piece of equipment c has hardly anything and they're all tier four so first of all tier four just identifies an emission standard that the engine must meet it's not the vehicle it's not the tractor it's not the machine it's the engine must meet because the engine is admitting emissions and they look at a number of different emissions. They look at carbon monoxide, which is CO. They look at HC, which is hydrocarbons, unburned fuel. They look at oxides of nitrogen. They look at, at oxygen. And they look at particulate matter on diesel engines. So those are the five different emissions that they look at. So it'd be like you looking at a, a soil sample. I'm looking at the at the organic matter, looking at the <clears throat> the CEC, looking at how much nitrogen is there. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that is very important for you to understand that. Now, so it is a it is a standard that must be met. All right, fine. Then you would say, well, <clears throat> how come this engine is able to meet this standard? And this piece, this engine is not. Why is my engine in my skid steer that I use to clean out the barn have less emission controlled devices? Because that's what they truly are, devices. Then my combine, then my semi, then my pickup truck. (coughs) So that gets to be very, very, very confusing. It is confusing for two reasons. Number one is because the federal government is involved in it. And number two, just because, and I should say just because, just like soil is different, right? You have soil variability within your farm, within your county, within the state, within the country. Well, the amount of emissions each engine produces is different. So let's try to make common sense to this. 
Now, on a road vehicle, the emissions are looked at at through a different microscope, a different metric than a what the industry would call an off-road vehicle so an off-road vehicle so at the end the epa does not differentiate between a combine and a machine being used in a coal mine there it does not it does not differentiate they're both off-road but then what it does is that it breaks down the the um, allowable emissions based upon horsepower and what they what the epa is qualified as the duty cycle of use for that piece of equipment so it puts those two together so if you were to have something like a combine that has a lot of horsepower and is running constantly that is going to fall into a slightly different category and they used to call them bins like you'd say a grain bin but the epa is always changing its its terminology so it it falls into a different bin or a different than than let's say a backhoe all right that is not making as much horsepower and is not constantly under load so the epa has all of these different standards so for instance let's pick on a company like case ih or john deere and the reason why i'm picking on them is because they may have a full line of equipment from skid steer loaders up to mining equipment to tractors to combines to construction equipment all right so when they're having to meet the federal standards there's probably four or five different standards that they have to meet all right so when they do, when they're designing a or uh designing the emission control strategy for a skid steer it's going to be different they have to meet a different standard than they have to do for a combine because it depends what the what the epa and it, it doesn't sound as bizarre it's not as bizarre as it sounds is the proper way for me to say it is that the epa looks at how much fuel that engine is going to use over a course of its lifetime over a course of a day what they call the duty cycle so if you have something for instance like a backhoe all right it doesn't use that much fuel because the hydraulics are doing the majority of work and when you burn fuel in any internal combustion engine gasoline or diesel you're going to have tailpipe emissions so if you were to have a combine it's going to burn more fuel per hour under load because you're not just going on a parade with it right when the combine is being used it's being used under load which is what they call a duty cycle so it's going to burn more fuel per hour then you would have a skid steer burn so it's going to emit more emissions just based upon that and the other thing that comes into play is the horsepower rating of the engine so they put this all together and you know i said in the beginning well it's the federal government but they tried to level out the playing field as much as they could and i even though i was knocking them i really can't find fault with it because they are making it level so in essence just like if you were to go and uh check to pull soil samples across your farm or even across a field let's say it's a a field a 50 acre field not a big field right my fields are small i have soil variability right so is that you will find that the dynamics of the combustion event in an engine are going to change the emissions that are created so we have a standard we have to meet and then we have we have them the moving parts no pun intended is is this engine dirty so you could look at so for instance 
I'm going to keep making analogies back to soil tests. So if you look at my soil, I have a low CEC. I'm around six. All right, so my cation exchange capacity is low, and my organic matter is around 3%. So if I was doing something as far as emissions concerns concerned, I would have to work with that soil type, right? So if you have an engine in a skid steer, and it says it makes, and it has a propensity, that particular engine, let's say it has a propensity to produce a lot of oxides of nitrogen. I'm not going to make this a chemistry class to confuse you. And so if it has a propensity to, 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 to produce a lot of oxides and nitrogen, then they're going, they, the engine manufacturer is going to say, but we're going to first, our first role of defense against oxides of nitrogen is EGR, exhaust gas recirculation. And if we can't get it cleaned up enough, we're going to have to put a uh, SCR system, selective catalytic reduction with diesel exhaust fluid. If we said, oh no, we could get by with just EGR or this engine doesn't produce a lot of oxides of nitrogen, then we may only go with an SCR system. So, or, or, or if it produces, we may have to go with both. But then you take that same engine and you put it in something else and it has to meet a different standard. So arguably, not that this would, so this is only for demonstration purposes because it's not, it's not factual, right? So let's say if you put this engine in the skid steer and you could get by with only EGR and, and nothing else and it's tier four certified. Now you take that engine and you put that same engine, you put in a pickup truck, all right? Now it's a road vehicle. It has to meet a whole different set of standards. So now that same engine in a road vehicle may need a, a diesel particulate filter. It may need EGR and SCR, all right? And so, and then bring along the diesel exhaust fluid with it because whenever you have SCR, you can have diesel exhaust fluid. So that is something that you have to recognize. So when you look and you're in the marketplace for something, then you have to, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be a pivotal decision for you, but if, but you know the, the the most the for you to learn about something, you have to say what does this have it and this doesn't. And in a nutshell, it's very very simple. There's different emission standards based upon the horsepower that the engine produces in off-road vehicles, the horsepower it produces, and its intended duty cycle under load, and how much fuel it's going to consume in a workday. All right, and then. And then the other aspect of it is how dirty is that engine? You'll have engines that create higher levels of particulate matter. You'll have engines that create higher levels of oxides of nitrogen, maybe higher levels of hydrocarbons. So then the manufacturer, whoever that may be, comes and says, well, for us to meet that standard, this is the emission control strategy that we have to employ. So why don't you just sit pat during this quick break and we'll finish up when we come back. Row crop farmers encouraged to enroll in farmers for soil health. With this American Ag Today update, I'm Jesse Allen. Well, pork producers have always been sustainable, and now there's cost-sharing incentives available through two separate USDA Climate Smart Commodities grants awarded to National Pork Board and partners nearly one year ago. Jamie Bird, the Chief Sustainability Officer at the National Pork Board, explains farmers for soil health. According to USDA, there's 15 million acres of cover crops that's planted every year. And the goal in this particular grant is to take it to 30 million. So it's doubling the amount of cover crops 
across the upper Midwest in 20 states. You know, we have this grant, but you know what? All of that money just didn't come from USDA. There was some matching. We had to put some checkoff dollars against that as well. So it is, as they say, putting our money where our mouth is on the commitment for pork producers to implement practices that continue to improve environmental outcomes. Farmers can enroll at FarmersForSoilHealth.com. With this American Ag Today update, I'm Jesse Allen. Landowners, are you looking to maximize the potential of your land? Farmers National Company are the trusted experts. With over 90 years of experience, Farmers National Company is the industry leader in farm and ranch management services and the complexities of land ownership, leasing, and sales. Visit our website at FarmersNational.com or call us at 1-800-555-FARM to speak with one of our experts. Farmers National Company, your partner in maximizing your assets potential. Trust the experts. Trust Farmers National Company. Stay informed with the latest news of agriculture with American Ag Today every weekday morning on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, and I want to invite you to join the conversation as we talk the latest news, market information, ag technology, innovation, weather, and more on American Ag Today. That's every weekday at 6.52 Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. All righty, welcome back to the show. What I want to do is, we got about six minutes left, so I made the, the main segment of the show a little bit shorter than I normally do, so I have a little bit more balance here, right? All right, there's there's four acronyms, and let's say 4A, five acronyms that you need to be familiar with, and they identify the different tier four emission control strategies. So there is one which is DOC, like DOC, that is a diesel oxidation catalyst. That controls CO, which is carbon monoxide partially burned fuel. The combustion chamber could not burn all of the fuel. There would be like having something left over on your plate from a buffet, from from having dinner, right? And that controls uh, carbon monoxide and hydrocarbons. Hydrocarbons are unburned fuel. The DPF, which is a problem for people, they say, oh, I, 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 I eliminated that on my pickup truck or my tractor or whatever. The DPF is diesel particulate filter. It is a filter. It used to be called, a, in Europe, it used to be called a particulate trap. It traps the particulates, which is the soot from the diesel exhaust. All right, so that is the diesel particulate filter. The other system is what's called EGR. Out of the four systems, this is the EGR is the only one that is internal to the engine. It's exhaust gas recirculation, and that puts exhaust gas back into the cylinder to act as a filler to take up room so there's less combustible mixture, so the engine produces less oxides of nitrogen. And then there is something called an SCR, which is selective catalytic reduction. And the SCR system, the bacon and the eggs with the SCR system is DEF, diesel exhaust fluid. It's not just urea, all right? It's it's automotive grade urea mixed with deionized water at a certain 32.5%. So the thing basically is, is that those are your emission strategies. Now, what is important for you? Why am I telling you this? Because let's say you're going into the marketplace and you're looking to buy a loader to feed cattle. And you know this loader is not going to really work hard. It's not going to get that hot, right? And you have brand A. And I'm, I'm making a, a, 
a, a decision based upon this, I'm saying, all right? I'm not saying that you that, that you do that, but your brand A loader has an SCR-only system, has no diesel oxidation catalyst and no diesel particulate filter, all right? So because if they can, the EPA does not care all they care about is what's coming out of the tailpipe. Just like they, like if you're dumping water from a from a tile, tile, tiled land into a stream, they just care about what's coming out into the stream. So that's all the EPA cares about. So if Brand A can get by with only an SCR system and doesn't have EG, doesn't have a diesel oxidation catalytic catalyst diesel particulate filter, and maybe it has EGR, not EGR is not really that much of a problem then that is checking a box for you because in that particular use for that piece of equipment you are going to have to evoke a lot of forced regions if you have a diesel particulate filter and a diesel oxidation catalyst because you are not getting that engine or that exhaust hot enough not the engine the exhaust hot enough for long enough for it to go into a passive region where it burns off all of the the soot and turns it to ash so you're going to have to plan on doing a, a burn off on that because if not it's going to plug solid and it's going to give you a lot of problems but if you could say well brand b does not use that it only uses diesel exhaust fluid with an scr because the emissions coming out of that engine are not heavy on particulates it's not heavy on carbon monoxide or hydrocarbons just like a soil test different is emission output variability from different engines i don't mean the same engine in your buddy's tractor or your buddy's truck and then in mine from different families different brands of engines so just think of soil variability there's emission variability and the emission so so basically in essence if i was going to use a loader to feed dairy cow cows and if there was one that had an scr system only and didn't have all the other host of 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 emission controls that would be a plus for me all right because i don't have to worry about regens i don't have to worry about that and if you and if you say well i have one that doesn't have egr but it has the others but if it doesn't have egr then you're going to use more diesel exhaust fluid right because it's per 100 gallons it's going to dose it at a higher rate but then you say i don't have to worry about egr system failing so it's it's like anything in life it's a balancing act and if all of the equipment has the same emission control strategies on them and then you're going to have to deal with that accordingly because there's nothing else you could do about it. But I want to educate you. And so so if you have something that it has and you're not doing getting the exhaust hot enough, long enough, like a loader on a dairy farm, then you're going to have to do a forced regen. And I have a listener to this show up in Canada. He runs a loader on his dairy farm, using him as an example. All right, And every year he brings it into the dealer for them to do a forced regen all right on the diesel particular filter because his workload for it he works it but it doesn't get hot enough to do what needs to be done for that conversion process to take place so it's like anything just like if you're going to farm a low cec soil like mine you're going to have a different strategy than soil that has 15 cec my soil doesn't hold anything doesn't hold any moisture doesn't hold any nutrients everything goes away because it's too sandy and it's and the same thing happens with emissions you're not going to go nuts over it i'm not going to say don't buy this brand because of that but it's an you i want you to be an educated farmer i 
want you to look at this piece of equipment and understand what is going on and why the emission strategies, and they're all categorized as tier four. So I want to thank you so much for listening. And I want you to have a blessed, blessed day. Now, the Hot Rod Farmer's pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher. God bless, and I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Rigid Power Tools and the Cowboy Channel. Combining the tough and the rugged. The Cowboy Lifestyle and Lifetime Coverage. Partnering together to give away the toughest tools and tickets to a VIP Cowboy Channel experience. So you can work hard and play hard. Enter now to win a full lineup of Rigid Brushless Power Tools and a VIP Cowboy Channel Experience. Rigid. Built for a lifetime. This ad is sponsored by Rural Media Group and TTI Consumer Power Tools, Inc. No purchase necessary to win. Visit thecowboychannel.com slash giveaway to enter. Must be 18 years old and residing in the United States of America to enter. Purchase will not increase your odds of winning. Enter from August 21st through September 18th, 2023. See rules for complete details. Void where prohibited. Landowners, are you looking to maximize the potential of your land? Farmers National Company are the trusted experts. With over 90 years of experience, Farmers National Company is the industry leader in farm and ranch management services and the complexities of land ownership, leasing, and sales. Visit our website at FarmersNational.com or call us at 1-800-555-FARM to speak with one of our experts. Farmers National Company, your partner in maximizing your assets' potential. Trust the experts. Trust Farmers National Company. I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report. Don't miss us right here on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. You can hear us every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern and Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern. Tune in to Rural Evening News, where we walk you through the headlines of the day with an unbiased take surrounding agriculture, policy, and markets from around the world. Rural Evening News, weeknights, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147 your agribusiness and western lifestyle channel. This is Dan Huber from the Huber Report. Thanks for listening to Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM.